Ramble. My dogs will eat anything. I mean, I have two Frenchies and it's a daily struggle to keep them from trying to eat toilet paper, bees, even trash. My dogs have no idea what's good for them. And you know, that's okay because their job is to be cute. My job is to take care of them to the best of my ability. That is why I only buy the farmer's dog dog food. Think about it. Most dog foods claims it's made out of whole ingredients. But then why does it come in the form of these very crusty pellets? But dogs will eat anything you give them, even dry kibble. Most dog food claims that they're made out of whole ingredients. But when I stare at these dry kibbles, it's very hard for me to see the whole ingredients. And I always had to mix in bone broth or water because it would be so dry that my dogs would eat too quickly and they would hack it up. It just didn't look tasty. The farmer's dog believes that all dogs deserve to eat real fresh food. That's why farmer's dog dog food is made from whole wheat and veggies and gently cooked in human grade kitchens to preserve nutritional value. It makes me feel so good seeing my dog's little tails wagging. Sometimes Mango's entire butt will shake when it's time for their dinner because they know and I know that they're eating fresh healthy food. It genuinely looks like human food. I've noticed such an improvement in how shiny and soft their coat is and their breath doesn't teleport me into another dimension anymore. I can see the veggies in their food. I mean my dog always gains a little bit of weight this time last year just because they move around less when it gets a little bit colder. So I feel like it's very important to always watch portions in the winter months. The farmer's dog makes it easy to monitor my dog's portions. Our dog's meals arrive in pre-portioned ready-to-serve packs which is super convenient. All you need to do is tell the farmer's dog about your puppy or your dog and they'll deliver personalized vet-developed recipes for as little as $2 a day. And you can adjust the recipe selection, portion sizes, and delivery cadence according to your needs and schedule. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash mango. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash mango. Bada bing, bada boom. There was a South Korean tech startup that went viral recently. Well, okay, not recently, a couple years ago, but... In order to understand it, we need to get into the tech startup world. I imagine it's very similar to the ones here in the U.S. The CEO likes to be perceived as chill, as one of the relatable workers, as one of the, the nine-of-fivers. At this tech company, WeDisk, it's very similar. The CEO, Yang Jin-ho, would ride around the office in his electric scooter, probably wearing his little Patagonia vest. He would ride around all the little cubicles to make sure everyone's having a good time at work. Then he would ride into the little conference room. Okay, so the meeting rooms, the conference rooms in this office, very pertinent to the story. They're encased in glass. So think of your very modern office building. You've got all these employees on these rows and rows of desks just sitting right next to each other. It's an open format. It's an open floor plan. And then in the middle of the office building, you have these glass conference rooms. So technically, everyone can see everyone. There is no privacy. You don't even have a cubicle with tall little borders. Nothing. Just completely open. It's that cool, modern, open workspace vibe. Other than that, other than the floor plan of this company, WeDisk was not like the other startups. WeDisk was a whole different animal. The CEO and founder made tens of millions of dollars a year. And right now, all of the employees could see him through the glass conference room with four of the high up executives. So think about like the top five people in your company in a glass meeting room and they are actively jumping an innocent man, beating up. Like assault, physical assault. Physical assault. Okay. Chairman Yang believed that this man, a professor at a local university, was sleeping with his wife. 
So he summoned this professor who has no affiliation with his company into his office, took four of his VPs, and is now jumping the guy, is beating him up. The professor is trying to clear the air like, it's all a big misunderstanding. I would never sleep with your wife. I don't know what you're talking about. Please, you have to just hear me out. They beat him in that glass conference room in front of all tens, if not hundreds of employees for three hours straight. They held his arms down. They beat his face. They tied his hands behind his back and then stomped on his fingers, crushing them. Oh my God. They would mock him. Hey, if you hit your head really, really hard on this desk, you might just die. And if you die, we don't have to torture you anymore. So what do you say? You want to do it? They went through his phone. They took pictures of his credit card, his ID, the contacts on his phone list. They gathered all the numbers and addresses of all of his loved ones. They threatened to hurt them. The executives laughed. They mocked at his injuries and they grabbed the back of his head with his hair, shoved his face to the ground. Lick his shoe. Lick it. He was forced to lick the CEO's shoes. But even that wasn't enough. They all took turns spitting on his face and forced him to lick up all the saliva that they had just spat. This is a respected university professor. There are dozens, if not a hundred employees outside watching this happen, letting it happen. Nobody is coming in to stop the executives. Nobody is coming in to call the cops. For three hours, the professor actively feared for his life. And in the end, the CEO, Mr. Yang, the CEO of a multi-million dollar tech startup, laughed at him and threw $2,000 on the ground. This should be enough for hospital fees. Hey, by the way, you can call the cops if you want, but I'm worth $200 million. And money talks. So who do you think they're going to listen to? And with that, he and the executives walked out of the meeting room. The professor knew that this was the truth. I mean, the police are not going to listen to him. I think in any country, money talks, and you are talking about a very powerful, influential, wealthy man with probably prosecutors, police, politicians in his pocket. The professor stood up and he looks out the conference room and he just sees the most bizarre scene I think you can ever imagine. Rows and rows of employees that saw him too, that saw him get beat up. And they all have almost Skittle-colored hair. Each one of them is like a giant Skittle on their head. So they have brightly red-colored hair, like the full head of hair is red. Not streaks, not accent hair, not highlights. Then the one next to them has blue hair. And it's like fluorescent blue. The next one is sky blue. Then you've got like this neon green colored hair. And then pink. Now in South Korea, this is kind of wild. That level of dyed hair. Each one had like a new neon dyed hair color. And it was just very strange to see them sit in a row with all their backs erect. Just so straight. Like the good little employees that they are. And they're all staring at their computer screens. And he walks by and he looks at all the computer screens and each single one of them is playing nonstop X-rated porn videos. All the employees are sitting in rows watching explicit films. What? What the hell is going on at WeDisc? Who is CEO Yang? How does he even run a tech startup like this? What even is their business model? How does he end up in jail? Let's get into it. As always, full show notes are available at rottenmanglepodcast.com. 
We are talking about a case that was massive in Korea a few years ago. And with a new K-drama that has come out, this case has, I guess, had a comeback. <laughs> I don't know if I can say it like that. But remember the K-drama case that we talked about, The Glory, where there is this revenge drama and they were inspired by true real-life stories of school bullying. What's fascinating is a lot of people don't know that the hit K-drama Taxi Driver was inspired by a ton of true stories. So if you guys haven't seen Taxi Driver, the premise is you call this taxi company. And when you look at like their business logs, they look like a regular schmegular taxi company. But it's actually vigilante justice pursuers. So you call them. If you've got a case where the police cannot help you, the government cannot help you, you call them and they will take care of it. Whether it's a school bully or in this situation, the most insane boss of all time, they will take care of it. If you watch these scenes about this real-life case in The Taxi Driver, they're pretty similar to what happened in the real world, but it looks so bizarre and outlandish that you would never believe that it's true. I mean, I don't see a lot of people in the U.S. talking about it because I genuinely don't think that anyone would even think, oh, I bet that's inspired off of a true story. It's that crazy. Like, if I told you that at a massive company retreat, employees were all handed a giant sword... And the boss said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw a live chicken at you, and I want you to slice it midair to kill it so we can cook it. Play Fruit Ninja with the chicken that's alive. Do it. Would you not be like, this is literally so bizarre that it's got to be fake? If I read this in a book, I'd be like, I hate how unrealistic this is. Would you not think that? Yeah. It's insane. And this man is literally insane. He was able to get his hands on insane amounts of money and power resulting in, I don't even know how to describe this case, but as always with international cases, we did get someone that is a native Korean speaker to help with the research. We had our Korean researcher work on this and let us know in the comments what you think about this case. Have you heard of it? Are there any other cases you want us to cover? And uh, with that being said, a shocking video went viral in South Korea, 2018. From context, we can gather an ex-employee of a massive company had gone online to anonymously trash talk the company, the company's CEO, as well as a couple other high-up executives. I mean, it seems normal. Somehow, the company's CEO is able to track down which employee it was, forces them to come into the office and apologize. They keep DMing them like, you better come in. I'm so upset with you. I knew that you wrote this post, so you better come in and apologize. The video will most likely be taken down if I post it on here. Uh, if you want to see the uncensored version, you can go to Rotten Mango Video on Spotify to see it. I'm going to describe it though, okay? You will see the ex-employee, a man, walk into the office filled with workers. There's just rows of office workers sitting at their desk, staring at their computers. Again, no cubicles. It's open air. You can see everything going on. The ex-employee comes in wearing all black. The CEO of the company demands the... Oh, you're saying ex-employee, like he was working here. He doesn't even work there anymore. Oh, so he okay, quit okay, his okay. job and then anonymously posted, anonymously posted on the internet, on like a forum and was like, hey, this company sucks. And Got he it. did make fun of the CEO. We're going to get into all of it later. But he was forced to come in even though he's not an employee anymore. Okay. The CEO of this multi-million dollar company demands the employee apologize for his online post. He forces the ex-employee to get on his knees and beg for forgiveness. He continues to slap him across the face 
over and over. And when he's on his knees, he slaps him on the back of the head because he's got his head bowed down. And these are not little slaps. These are loud, echoing off the walls, aggressive, painful, scar-leaving slaps. He continues to slap this ex-employee while asking him, what kind of human are you? How trash must you be to shit talk your former bosses on social media? You don't have respect? He berates the ex-employee for not apologizing correctly. He is forced to get on his knees twice in front of all of his former colleagues, all of his former managers, and in front of the CEO to beg for forgiveness. But the CEO doesn't stop. He continues to curse at him, calling him all sorts of degrading names. Piece of shit. Fucker. Asshole. At one point, the CEO of the company even threatens to end the ex-employee's life if he doesn't apologize correctly. Yeah. He literally says, if you want to live, learn to apologize better. After all of that abuse, which the ex-employee never fights back, never incites any further violence, it's actually really heartbreaking to watch him. He looks terrified, just the way that he's on his knees with his head tucked trying to stay safe, it's, it's pretty sad. The CEO gets in his face and said, Are you fucking crying? Are you seriously fucking crying, you little shit? This video proceeds to go viral on social media and mainstream news because, I mean, just how shocking the situation is. I think the video is visceral. It elicits a reaction from people. It's very hard to watch it and just go, oh, that's crazy. Like, you get angry. A few mm-hmm. things stood out that really felt unsettling for netizens. One was the sheer violence enacted on an ex-employee who genuinely does not fight back. The CEO is fighting someone that's not fighting him back. Two, the rest of the employees in this office can clearly see what's going on and not a single person steps in to stop the CEO to put their foot down and say, hey, maybe we shouldn't try doing this. Third, This is not a random small company that has three or four employees. This is not a random mom and pop business with a tyrant that's running it. Not to say that that's acceptable, but it's just more shocking when massive corporations get away with such abuse for so long. I mean, how many people were impacted? How many people didn't report the abuse? The CEO of this company is probably worth around $200 million. How is he getting away with this? And lastly, whoever recorded this was not the victim. The victim was not the one who released this video to the public. So who was even allowed to record it? It's very interesting. So the CEO is clearly not a reasonable man. I imagine if you were recording him committing a crime to use it as blackmail against him later, he would probably slap you too. He would probably break your phone. But someone is getting a very good, clear angle of this. There is no way he didn't see that person recording. And this video was taken three years ago. It went viral in 2018, but it was actually taken in 2015. So now the netizens, they got a lot of questions. They start digging into who this CEO is and what company he runs. Let's talk about WeDisc. WeDisc would um, be a company that has some of the most outrageous behavior I've ever heard of. The head of the company, the CEO with the red palm in the video, was Yang Jinho. He was born August 12th, 1972, making him like 51, 52. And I couldn't find much verifiable information about his upbringing or his parents or even his schooling. All we have is like this stereotypical CEO story, the rags to riches story. The story goes like this. Average guy, 
probably rich parents, but he does not say that. Average guy, average guy was just out there hustling, selling green juice machines. Green juice is healthy for you, sir. Buy this machine and you can make fresh green juice every single morning. Save yourself $100 over time. And then in 2003, he had a dream for something more. He took a risk. He quit his job, sold everything, and became the massive founder of a massive multi-million dollar business called WeDisc. And that would result in trauma and death. Have you ever been on a corporate retreat? So you and your colleagues will take a weekend off your fun life to be surrounded by each other once again. It's like you don't see each other for 40 hours a week. But this time, instead of being at the office stuck in your cubicle, you are stuck in the woods in a cabin with your amazing coworkers. So now instead of listening to them chew with their mouth open for lunch, you can hear it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Look, in most instances, it's an effort from the higher-ups to get everyone on the same page, aligned with the company goals, repassionate, reinvigorated about the company mission. Maybe if you work at Google, it's a blast because of how much money they shovel into stuff like this. Or if you work for a small business, maybe it genuinely can be fun. But for the workers at WeDisc, it was the most miserable times of their lives. The CEO would go around passing out weapons in the middle of the woods to his terrified employees. It feels like some Squid Games Hunger Games is about to start. You want the bow or you want the katana, the big knife? Which one? Hurry, pick. Sir, what's... Just take the goddamn bow. He would pass out bow and arrows, katanas like the Japanese swords. They did not understand how is this to refocus ourselves with the company mission, right? This doesn't make sense. So this year, we're going to be killing our targets. Just like... You're killing Are these you chickens. Are kidding me? Oh my god. Excuse me? A dozen or so tiny little chickens are brought out of their coop. Here's the plan. You with the knife. You stand here. And hey, you, what's your name? Scott, come here. Scott, you're going to catch a chicken, throw it in the air. And you with the knife, you're going to slice it midair. I want you to decapitate it while it's in the air. Do you understand me? Or else you're fired. And Kim, wow. your name Kim, right? Kim with the bow and arrow. What you're going to do is you're going to run over there. There's three chickens. They're running around. They're scared. You're going to shoot them with the bow and arrow. And if you guys don't kill these chickens, then we don't have dinner. And if we don't have dinner, then you're all fired. Not only were you being abused, but you were forced to abuse live chickens. And I mean, at the risk of your livelihood, if you don't do this, you're going to lose your job. And in South Korea, some context to add, I think it's a bit different in the U.S. where you lose your job, it's rough, it's life-changing, but you can find a new job. South Korea, if you get fired from a job, it is incredibly hard, so difficult to find a new job. Like, people do not care about suing your former employer for bad-mouthing you to potential new employers. No, that, like, doesn't exist in South Korea. So the employees, they're tearfully slaughtering chickens in the most inhumane, cruel, and foul ways possible. There is a video of this. Again, I think that it would be very hard to post on here, but I also think if you just saw this in a drama, you would never believe this is real. I am going to post the uncensored version on Spotify, but you've been warned. It's a lot of animal abuse. It's very sad. Other employees were instructed to shoot at the frantic chickens. And if you couldn't do any of those, if you were really sad about it, he wanted you to get up close and personal. So he would hand you a tiny little knife and say, stab the chicken to death. And you would have to hold the chicken in your hands while you did this. This was his idea of team bonding. 
And when they were all done, he would have them all gather around, standing around him in a circle with a big bag of garlic in one hand. And he would just reach in and grab a fistful of raw garlic, walk up to an employee, open your mouth, and shove the garlic into their, the raw, eye-watering garlic into their mouths. Chew. Garlic's good for you. Who's next? Bro, this is like... Just like those glory bully torture, but like workplace yeah. adults. Like your boss. Yeah, your boss. Exactly. It, it w- it's like you can't escape. No. Or oh you get fired God. and your whole life is over. And it wasn't just the company trips. Okay. It's not like, oh, once a year we go to this company trip that's like hazing hell. It's actually all of these after work hishiks. Okay. These are like the bane of the employee's existence. Korean culture is very big on hoesik, and it's like Yang's favorite part of being a CEO. Basically, you get called out to dinner or for drinks after work with your boss, your manager, all of your colleagues, and it's a miserable existence. It's not like the U.S. where you get to just eat a bunch of good food on the company card. You're there to entertain your boss. You're there to pour soju in your boss's little glass and hope that he doesn't try to touch your butt afterwards. You have to spend your free time, your off work hours with these people, getting drunk and eating food that you don't even want to eat and laughing at their not funny at all jokes. So what, the managers can get a bit of an ego boost? There's not even work talk. It's not even about team bonding. Yang would get a private room in these restaurants. He would sit down all of his new employees and a few of his old ones and he would have ordered a bunch of beers already and they're all over the table. Each cup was filled to the brim. To give you like an exact measurement, because I don't know why they all measured it, two cups of glass. So like 16 fluid ounces of glass. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, oh, sorry, I don't. If you're trying to tell CEO Yang that you don't drink, even just the angry look on his face would make you stop talking. You felt like you just have to do what he says. This is my favorite way to unwind at the end of a long day. I make myself some hot chocolate, I wrap up in my coziest blanket, and I become Detective June Parkett. I don't actually become a detective, but that's how I feel when I'm playing June's journey. You play as June, and the story starts with you flying from London to New York to investigate the suspicious murder of your sister and brother-in-law. But that's just the first in a very long line of suspicious murders. There's so many family secrets, twists, and you get to uncover all of these mysteries through a series of hidden objects games. Like you search for hidden letters or other objects that help you advance in the story. The storytelling in this game is impeccable. I mean, every detail is important. It stimulates you because you feel like a detective. The game takes June literally all around the world, from New York to Havana to Paris, and you get to meet all kinds of characters. I do not trust any new characters at this point because everybody seems to have a hidden motive. And as the story is progressing, you can learn about new characters as you collect bits of information to build your photo album. I also really love the dialogue in this game and just how immersive it is. There are some scenes where you really feel like you are Detective June. There's mystery, murder, danger, even romance. Sometimes it does get a little intense. So if I feel like taking a break from all the crazy plot twists, I go back to my little private island. Okay, it's not little. It's actually huge. It's called Orchid Island, and I get to decorate it in any way that I want. I have a waterfall on my island, and I'm currently making a train station route. There's just something so satisfying about getting to color code everything and make sure all the pieces fit. 
It's such a cozy yet thrilling game. It's almost as satisfying as puzzling the pieces of June's family's mysteries together because, listen, I'm telling you, my husband will definitely find me on the couch later today playing June's Journey. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. I don't really like doing chores around the house, I'm going to be honest with you, and I especially used to hate doing laundry. It was just one of my more tedious tasks. It takes so much time, and I often feel tempted to not even bother sorting out my clothes. But I've been trying to motivate myself to get a lot more organized, and I finally found a way to make doing my chores so much more interesting, so much more engaging. And that's by listening to audiobooks on Audible. You guys know me, there is nothing like playing a good psychological thriller. So obviously, that's what I've been listening to. I'm currently listening to The Housemaid by Frida McFadden. The main character, Millie, is out on parole and she's desperate for a job. She doesn't have any money. She's living out of her car and she gets this opportunity to be this rich family's housemaid. Millie agrees, even though there's just something really strange about the Winchesters, especially the wife, Nina. She just seems to love finding ways to make Millie's life very difficult. The family is hiding something and Millie is hiding something and there's just so much tension between Millie and the husband. It's one of those stories that you can't stop listening to and I can't wait to finish it and start the next audiobook in this series. But if Thriller is not your thing, don't worry. Audible lets you pick from thousands of titles to find the perfect soundtrack to your day. You can find audiobooks from any genre, fiction, nonfiction, wellness, self-help. But they also have podcasts like this one, guided wellness programs, comedy, and originals. Living life without using Audible is like eating food with no seasoning. Sure, you still get your nutrients in, but it's missing that extra flavor, you know? So if you want to spice up your day, I highly recommend Audible. Audible members can keep one title a month to keep from the entire catalog. New members can try Audible. Audible now free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash rotten or text rotten to 500 500. That's audible.com slash rotten or text rotten to 500 500 to try Audible free for 30 days. So he would order every single employee to chug the beer. And when you're done, you get an immediate refill. And when you're done, you get an immediate refill until you're throwing up. Because that's the point. He wants you to throw up. He's already actually prepared vomit buckets so you don't throw up on the chairs. Another employee will slide a vomit bucket to you and you throw up, heave out the contents of your lunch, and when you sit back down with tears in your eyes and like this nasty smell in your throat, he slides over another glass of beer. And you know what he wants. He wants you to do it again. Sometimes the game was different. Sometimes it wasn't about throwing up. He would take everyone out to eat. Oh, eat more of this. It's so salty, but it's good. Salty, right? Here, drink this. Chug the water. Chug the beer. Chug the soju. And at the end of the dinner, he would sit back and smile. For the rest of the night, nobody is allowed to use the restroom unless you pay me $100. Actually, let's do $150. That was when he was in a good mood. Sometimes he just straight up forbid anyone from using the restroom or else they would get fired, which would result in employees wetting themselves in public in front of all of their colleagues, in front of their bosses, in front of the general civilian population. The humiliation, the mental and oftentimes physical torture that these employees had to go through is insane. Imagine working for an evil, creative, bored, sadistic man. You never know what you're going to get. Sometimes he would walk into the office in a foul mood and just scream at everyone. Other times, if he was feeling extra creative, he would, um, he would ride around in his electric scooter and shoot at people with his BB gun. 
this feels like a show, a parody of like a tech yeah, CEO. Exactly. Yeah, if right, it feels yeah, like an yeah, SNL yeah. skit, yes. riding around an electric scooter. Like just, what is going on? One employee alleged that he loved testing for cancer. So you know how a lot of these big companies will provide benefits and sometimes they'll do like extra health screenings on top of that. So he uh -huh. said, okay, I'm going to do a cancer health screening. And Yang would allegedly walk into the office with bottles upon bottles of vitamins, just supplements that you get over the counter, vitamin D, vitamin A. And the employees were told, stop doing your work, line up in the break room. They would run and stand in line and each one was handed a little plastic cup with just all these different vitamins in there. This one is said to have been the most awful torture. The employees said that they were forced to take more than 10 times the normal dosage of a bunch of different vitamins, including vitamin A, D, E, and K. To explain how dangerous and reckless that is, you can actually get intoxicated off of vitamins. Vitamin A intoxication leads to a risk of seizures, headaches, blurred vision, it elevates intracranial pressure, Chronic toxicity can lead to um, anorexia, muscle and bone pain. Vitamin D intoxication can lead to confusion, recurrent vomiting, abdominal pain, dehydration. Vitamin E, bleeding, muscle weakness, fatigue, nausea, diarrhea. Vitamin K, anemia, enlarged liver, shortness of breath, irregular breathing. And they are taking 10 times more. It was really bad. People said it was almost immediate. You would double over in pain and then you would have explosive diarrhea from the combination of vitamins. Now, there was not one toilet per every employee in the office, clearly, because no one expects that the whole group is going to get explosive diarrhea. So it was a mess. They would run to the bathroom and when they came out, they're sweaty, they're exhausted, they're holding their stomachs in pain. And Yang would say, you're welcome. Excuse me? Did you know that when cancer patients are given too many vitamins, like when they overdose on vitamins, they still don't use the restroom? This is the cheapest way to test if you guys have cancer. And since you use the restroom, you don't have cancer. Anyway, this is your work-sponsored health checkup. You're welcome. Other employees allege that he would force them to do illegal drugs like smoking weed. Now, smoking weed is super illegal in South Korea. I mean, the equivalent in America would not even be like doing meth, it would probably be like you getting caught trying to shove meth up a police officer's butt crack. Like that is the level of seriousness and punishment that you will be dealt with if you ever smoke weed in Korea. Yang would later deny the drug allegations, but a lot of the employees alleged that he would force them to smoke weed so that they really can't even leave the company because then he threatens to expose them for doing drugs. Now, as for the garlic and vitamins, he would argue that he just wanted his employees to be healthier. I mean, think about it. People spend lots of money on supplements and garlic every year because it's good for your health. I'm just looking out for my employees. I don't know what you're talking about. Now, let's talk about the brightly dyed hair. Remember in the beginning of the story, I told you it was like a bizarre Skittles commercial inside of that office building. There is a picture of CEO Chairman Yang with his employees. He's got green hair. All of his employees have like these bright red hair, blue hair. It is said that he liked to force everyone to dye their hair a fun color because he thought it was funny. So basically what he would do is he would go out to these restaurants with his employees while they're getting drunk off beer and forced to wet themselves. He'd be like, wait a minute. Look at that raw beef over there. It's a good color. You, 
I don't need to know your name. Dye your hair that color tomorrow. Show up to work or you're fired. They would bring out green onion salad. That's a good color. You, I want that on your head. You would have to dye your hair and show up to work with that color or else you would be fired. How did he do this? He actually had a salon that he worked with in Korea where he had a company card on there and all the employees would have to go and dye their hair. For the fun of it. Now, extra added layer of nuance. In South Korea, dyeing your hair these colors, like in America, it's cool. You have a sense of style. You're an individual. In South Korea, it's weird. Like people will stare at you. You will not be treated as well. You will be judged by ajumas and ajoshis at the market. Like your whole life will be impacted by the color of your hair, which is annoying, yes, but that is literally how it is. There is a different explanation out there on why they all had funky hair. One allegation is that Yang actually would um, get everyone to dye their hair colors because when you test for drugs in the hair, the hair dye can mess with the test. So maybe that's why he had a company card at the hair salon. But either way, what a bizarre thing. Yeah, I don't know how he comes up with these tortures. and. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's so creative and so sick. Yeah, so sick. So sick. Like, if you use that creativity to come up with, like, a Netflix show, you would be the next Shonda Rhimes. Yeah, it would be the next Squid Game. Exactly. But instead, he's like, no, I'm going to do it in real life and torture people. Oh, and of course, at his company, it was raging with sexual harassment. This guy is the epitome of evil. So, of course, there's going to be sexual harassment because that is the sad world that we live in. He would force his female employees to sit on his lap while he played explicit videos. He would take pictures of female employees without their consent. And apparently he had files upon files on his computer of his female employees. Yeah. He would also write his name on them. Their thighs, their inner arms. He would take pictures of his name written on them as some sort of way to degrade and humiliate them in front of their peers. And this one, I really don't know what to think or how to feel about it, but it would really freak me out. He was really into shamanism. So he would collect and force employees to hand over fingernail clippings, hair, and blood. If he was really upset with you, he would let you know that he performed a ritual and buried a doll with your name and your DNA as he prayed for your inevitable death to be long and painful. Like, imagine you come to work on a Tuesday and your boss sits you down and is like, okay, so this weekend, you know what I did? Yeah, I buried a doll with your name on it because you didn't hand in the project on time. Yeah, this is absolutely unreal. It's unhinged. It's so unbelievable that someone like this out there exists. Yeah. So clearly, the work culture here is horrendous. I mean, the worst that I've ever heard. But what does the business even do? Like, with all the drinking and torture, do they even have time to run a full-scale company? Like, how is it possible that this guy is in charge of a company that rakes in tens of millions of dollars in profits a year? How has nobody stood up to him or reported him? Like, what kind of business is this? To understand that, let's talk about a girl named Ashley. And this is a fake name. Ashley was a woman in South Korea, and Ashley had never worked for WeDisc. She actually doesn't know anyone that works for WeDisc. She has no affiliation with WeDisc. By all accounts, Ashley is a normal citizen. She had just gotten married. It's technically supposed to be a very happy time in her life, but it was all being ruined. Okay, so Ashley would go to the store. She would go to the market or the mall, and she would notice a few people just staring at her. 
not in like a glancing at her, but we kind of stare at her as if they recognized her from somewhere, but they they didn't know exactly where. They couldn't put their finger on it. A lot of men in particular would do this. And she tried to shake it off. You know, it's creepy, but the world is generally still a nice place, right? Then she started getting text messages from old acquaintances that asked her, Hey, are you okay? Do you know? She's like, no, about what? And that is when Ashley found herself calling WeDisc's customer service support. An illegal file, an illegal video file of hers was being shared on a internet platform called WeDisc and attracting tens of thousands of views. This video was ruining Ashley's life. Before Ashley had gotten married, she had worked in Japan as a sex worker. She had no idea that at one of these motels that she was engaging in sex work at had a hidden spy camera in the hotel room. There was footage of her engaging in explicit activities. Her face was right there, uncovered, nothing was censored, and that video that she didn't even know existed from years and years ago, it felt like a lifetime away from today, was being shared on WeDisc and it was haunting her. It was ruining her life. Imagine how utterly violated, disgusted, and gross she felt, not only knowing that this was illegally taken, but now it's being spread like wildfire on this seedy website. WeDisc is like an adult site or? No. Okay, we're going to get into WeDisc. So she calls WeDisc and the customer service guy is very, very understanding of her situation. He reassures her, I'm going to do everything that I possibly can to try and suppress this video. There's only so much that I can do though, however. If people keep uploading it, it might not be something that I can control, you know? I don't know how many people out there have already downloaded this and have this file in their possession. I mean, that makes sense, right? Okay, well, thank you. I appreciate your trying. She had no idea that right after this man hung up the phone, he turned around in the WeDisc office and said, get this video up. I'm going to send you the link. We're going to re-upload it over and over. Make new accounts. Upload this video. The same video that he just promised this woman to try and delete, he's telling every single employee in that office to upload it more. What is the reasoning? Because... If she had gotten word of this video, that means this video is going viral. People like this video. And viral videos equals more money for WeDisc. He doesn't care that her life was impacted by it. He doesn't care. It's a hot video that other people want to see. And that means money. So everyone is instructed to upload that video over and over again. And if they got more calls asking for it to be taken down, they all lied and sympathetically said, yes, of course, we're trying our best. I don't know who all these random accounts are. They probably downloaded the video and they're re-uploading it. Because at WeDisc, the only thing that mattered was, well, keeping CEO Yang happy, but the bottom line. The company was willing to screw over anyone for money, and they mainly stuck to screwing over women. So let's talk about the business of WeDisc. In terms of structure, in terms of just structure, minus all the actual video content, think of WeDisc kind of like YouTube. Like not really, but kind of. So some general principles apply. People, anyone in the world, can create an account, post a video. And why will they post a video? Because they're incentivized in some way to post. Yes, there's love for creating, for getting publicity, but to make it simple, users get paid when they post videos that are viewed or in WeDisc situation are downloaded. So people not only post videos, but they post videos that other people will want to download so that they can make money. 
Other people will join WeDisc and pay membership fees or fees to download videos or bring in ad revenue because there are videos that they want to watch. So literally like YouTube. Some of them might even think, wait a minute, look at these people making so much money off uploading videos. I should become an uploader too. Now, WeDisc may have the right to push certain videos further and they might even have their own industry plans. WeDisc employees whose whole jobs were just posting videos pretending to be regular creators. Very interesting, right? But they're on WeDisc's payroll. The main point was to keep viewers entertained so they kept coming. So in essence, WeDisc is a video company slash platform. Now, this is where it gets a bit complicated and it's very crucial because of South Korea's, the legal laws are different. When you sit down on your laptop or computer or open up your Gmail app, all those emails that you open up on Gmail, like your read emails, unread, sent, drafted, all of them are going to be ready for you because you're connected to the internet. But not all of these emails are stored on your device because that would take up so much space. So these big companies, Gmail, Google, YouTube, Microsoft, TikTok, they have these big servers all over the world. They're like these massive physical like hard drives and they store all the data. And the server's main job is, oh, okay, Stephanie just logged into Gmail, so let's show her all her emails and they'll send the data to my computer, Mm -hmm. right? So when you have something in the cloud or not on your device, it's actually not stored in like the cloud. It's like stored in a database server, like a big Mm -hmm. computer somewhere else, so you can retrieve it later. Now, why does this matter in the scheme of WeDisc? Let's say I wanna send you a video file Thinking about the easiest way, I would probably send you a link to my YouTube video, or I would upload a video file to a shared Dropbox space. Then -hmm. you receive the video and then you can download it to your computer if you want. But there is a middleman. I am uploading my video to the YouTube server and it's gonna be stored in the YouTube database or the Dropbox database. There's a middleman. And these middlemen go off regulations and rules that are set by different countries and different government entities. There is something called P2P. This was big back in like the early stages of the internet. Pair to pair. Yes, you can download a video straight out of my computer to yours without a middleman. People might wanna do this for a few reasons. And the reasons that matter today are, it is the most cost efficient for the tech company because they don't need to buy massive servers that cost, geez, so much money. You don't have to have a middleman telling you, oh, I don't know if you should share this file. the file doesn't go with my rules and regulations, so I'm not gonna let you share it. Like if I were to post a video of YouTube of my cat, it'll flag before it ever gets to you to download. So P2P is a way to not have that censorship. Now what WeDisc does is say, hey, user one, two, three, thank you for joining WeDisc. You can now upload a video and make money. But in order to do that, you must also give other WeDisc users ability to download directly off your network. So peer-to-peer. WeDisc saves a ton of money and there's less censorship. Now, why is this important? In the early 2000s of the internet world, it was a time of lawlessness, chaos. I'm talking, do you remember LimeWire? Oh, this is like torrenting at its peak. Torrent? Uh, no. Copyrighted downloading of movies and music. <laughs> Oh, illegal oh, copyrighted oh, oh, downloading. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. Okay. okay, so there were like no internet laws. And if there were laws, it was very weak laws. There were no platforms like Netflix or Hulu, really. Like if you wanted to watch a movie, you would still have to go to Blockbuster to rent the movie. Mm-hmm. Half of you guys are gonna be like, Blockbuster? <laughs> it's like a DVD store. And if you want to listen to a song, you would have to wait for the buffering 
on a platform or you would have to download it for like 99 cents a song. Mm -hmm. So people started using P2P to download illegally off of each other's computers mm. without getting flagged by a government entity or using an illegal platform to do it. So many people start using WeDisc to download TV shows, music, a lot of copyrighted content, and later on, the primary business of WeDisc was pornographic material. Now, let me tell you why this is important. South Korea is one of the very few countries that outlaws porn. Still to this day, it is illegal to produce and distribute porn. Now, in 2023, it's very easy to access those videos because all you need is a VPN. But back then, half these people had never seen these types of films. You can't get it at the DVD store. You can maybe see an artistic movie that has nudity involved. But they can download from WeDisc? Yes. That's illegal? Or? Super illegal. Oh, so but it's an illegal business. Yes, Okay, so WeDisc would allow people to download things off of each other's computer. Now, mm -hmm. remember how I told you WeDisc had a bunch of employees pretending to be creators? Uh-huh. Because those employees were uploading porn. But if they came out and said WeDisc is uploading porn, it would be illegal. So they would create these accounts pretending to be random South Korean civilians and upload these videos. So oh. that WeDisc could step back and say, oh, oh my God, we've been trying our best to take down these videos. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah, that's not even the problem. Okay, that's literally not even the problem. It's crazy. The biggest problem was people on WeDisc did not just want to watch any sort of X-rated video. They had two specific kinds that they liked, both of which were super illegal. Spy cam Molka videos, which is hidden camera videos. These criminals will go into motel rooms, love motels, hide cameras in the wall, the outlet, the shower head, the clock on the wall. They will record all the activities by these unconsenting parties and then upload it. Or the second, the biggest category for WeDisc was revenge videos. Partners, typically boyfriends, who would take videos of their partner either knowingly or not knowingly while they were dating, doing sexual things. Once they broke up, they would put it online. So that was WeDisc's business. And in the beginning, employees would be sent around to restaurants and internet cafes outside of schools, just standing there passing out these small little paper coupons. And you're about to trash it. But then you read, for one week, you can download movies, music, TV shows, X-rated movies for free. Of course, people are going to get curious. A free seven-day membership? You're telling me if I missed the episode of The Succession last night at 8 p.m., instead of waiting for a random rerun and basing my whole schedule off of that, I can just go home and rewatch it now? That's good. People would rush home and get on WeDisc's website, but instead of watching Succession, they would fall down the rabbit hole of explicit material. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. 
And for a limited time, TEND is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. And WeDisc employees knew exactly who they were targeting. They were not targeting girls that were coming out of dorms. They were targeting men of different ages, young men, impressionable men, so many men. And the employees were very, very, very smart. Even their coupon is smart. Within seven days, these men would be fully addicted to the X-rated material on WeDisc. There does seem to be other added layers of why these people became so addicted. Again, like I said, they had probably never even seen porn before up until this point. And this part is sick, but a lot of men were interviewed and were asked, you know, why do you watch videos like this? You clearly know it's illegal. You clearly know that these videos all have a victim, like these hidden camera videos, these revenge videos. They all have a victim that's very real. You're hurting people. Why do you watch it? And they said, well, the regular X-rated stuff feels a little bit too production-y. All in all, WeDisc was a flourishing company and... It made the CEO, Yang, a very rich man. It is said that he was making about 40 million USD a year calculated for inflation, and his net worth was said to be around $200 million. He would also never let you forget it. Like, if you ever told him that he was a horrible human being, he would get in your face and say, you can sue me if you want, but I have $200 million. And you don't. He actually had the number one P2P website in South Korea at one point. WeDisc was number one, but he also owned another company called File Nori, which was number three of all P2P websites in Korea. So he's basically like a P2P monopoly. And both these sites, they focused on revenge videos and spy cam videos. That was the moneymaker. To give you perspective, in 2010 alone, around 200 illegal explicit videos were uploaded per hour. To these P2P websites per hour. Many of it wasn't even uploaded by third parties, which is just as bad. But WeDisc was uploading them. The company itself was uploading them. They would actually go scour the internet for uploaded revenge videos from other parts of the world. Japan was a big market for them. And side note, before you get on your high horse of like, oh, Asians, America had a version of WeDisc that was taking place. Um, it was called IsAnyoneUp.com. Website dedicated to just posting revenge pictures and videos of women. The website has now since been taken down. So, But this is not a Korea problem. It's a global problem. So WeDisc would have their employees, not all, but a big selection of their employees, go online and download these illegal revenge videos. Highly illegal in Korea. They go, they download it, and they start posting it on WeDisc for South Korean consumption. What's crazy is WeDisc is technically a software company. It's a tech company. So what they would do is a lot of these websites in Japan, you cannot download these videos off of or you have to pay a lot of money. In that case, WeDisc had company cards that you could use to pay for that and download it. And if you can't even pay to download it, they created software to record the whole screen and the audio. This is like before it was easily done so that you could re-upload it back to WeDisc. They also had software that was specifically created by WeDisc for WeDisc for making the upload of these videos faster. One employee would upload more than 1,000 videos a day. They said 60% of that was revenge videos. 
That is 600 victims a day per employee. The employee said, we used around 500 IDs per employee to make it look like a ton of regular people were uploading these videos. And, uh, you know, a lot of the questions were, how do you make 500 IDs, though? If you've ever been to Korea, you need a very specific ID number that only you can have. One person only gets one ID and it's government issued to make an account on any social media platform, on any of these pages, even just food delivery. You need that ID number. How did you make 500 accounts? Oh, we were granted permission by the administrators of the WeDisks team. I mean, we just approve it from the inside. Technically, the people are checking our WeDisk. So, so it's like fake account, yeah. per se. So we just create a bunch of fake accounts and then modify the IP addresses so it looked like it was real IP addresses from all over Korea and not just from our office. We also had special software to make sure that the video is uploaded quickly and to keep track of all of the different accounts. Now, according to many employees, each employee that was involved in this shady uploading process was able to bring in close to $150,000 a month to WeDisc. One employee. So a handful of employees could make a million dollars a month. They're not making it. WeDisc is making it. They would get paid commission on that as well. It definitely was nowhere near a million dollars, but it was definitely incentive for these people to stay. To avoid police detection, because this is super illegal, they used fake accounts, fake IDs, special USBs for computers. So they would have all these computers in the office, and if you were to sit down and log into one, it would look like your generic library computer, your generic guest computers at the apartment's amenity center. There was nothing on there. It looks like a guest page. You can't really do anything. But the minute that you input the correct USB into the correct USB drive little insert, the whole desktop changes. It is suddenly the screen of a master X-rated material uploader. They would make sure to guard those USBs with their life. All the accounts that they uploaded on were deleted within two weeks, but they were also scrubbed of money. So it gets complicated, but it's, it's crazy. Let's say an employee at WeDisc uploads a video using a fake username pretending to be a civilian. That video, probably a legal video with a victim, gets downloaded 100,000 times. Let's, just for the purpose of making it easy, let's say WeDisc makes $100 from it. So the company takes $100, like how YouTube takes ad revenue. Probably more, but again, just for ease of explanation, they make $100. Now the uploader, the creator, will make $25 from the video. Mm-hmm. So WeDisc gets 100 you get a 25 Now, the problem is, if you close the account with money still in there, that looks shady. The government would be like, what kind of idiot would close their YouTube account or their WeDisc account without taking out the money they earned? Mm-hmm. That is bizarre. So what do they do? Now, if they take out the money and put it into a random bank, that's a paper trail. And you can't open up 500 different banks every day. So the WeDisc employees would create these really stupid purchasing abilities on WeDisc, the platform. They said, for the low price of $10, you can make your font yellow and sparkly. For the low purchase price of $5, you can make your video title bubble up and down. No one's really spending money on that because why would anyone spend money on that unless you're a WeDisc employee that has $25 that you need to funnel back into WeDisc somehow. So you would, okay, bubble font, 
bright yellow font, mm, heart emoji, let's do the Hello Kitty, and you would spend all the money in this creator's account and then close it down. Mm, so it's like money laundry. Yeah, basically money laundering at its finest. Now, for all of this, April 2011, Yang Jin-ho was arrested the first time for uploading copyrighted movies to his platform. Not even the revenge videos, not even the spy cam videos. He was rather quickly released from prison and he went back to being, quote, the emperor of the spy cam empire. So from 2011 until 2018, when shit hit the fan again, he was doing atrocious things. That's a lot of years. That's seven years. In 2018, the video of him slapping his employee surfaces on the internet. The one that we talked about earlier this episode. And let's go over that whole story. So on WeDisc, there are different places where you can leave posts. You don't have to post videos or pictures. You can just write a forum, like a little word post. Anyone can do this. You can make an ID and do it. You don't need an ID to do it. But there were three IDs that were made that really bothered WeDisc. The IDs were Yang Jin-ho, the CEO's name, and Yang Jinoda, which means it's Yang Jino. And lastly, Chino Byungshin, which means bitch ass Chino. Calling the CEO bitch ass? Yeah. And the IDs would um, create their own post just mocking the CEO. There wasn't anything dangerous in the post. It's not like the poster was doxing the CEO or threatening his life. They were just mocking the CEO, saying things like, It's me, peasants. I'm Yang Jino. I know you're working hard, but you'll never get paid like this anywhere else. Just making fun of how horrendous WeDisc is. He also took jabs at the former manager, one of the other executives at WeDisc. Again, is it a good thing to do? No. Is it a professional thing to do? No. But is it the end of the world for these people? Absolutely not. Within a few hours, though, the WeDisc team tracks down the IP addresses of these new accounts and gives them to Mr. Yang. He finds out it was an ex-employee of his that used to work as an engineer at WeDisc. And Yang was pissed. He messaged him. It's me, Yang Jino. I had fun reading your posts. Listen, I respect that you have different opinions about me and your colleagues and, and my company, but you gotta at least take responsibility for your actions, right? So buckle up, kid, because it's my turn. You're a little fucker that can't even apologize correctly. He texts the former employee, you little fucker that can't even apologize. The former employee probably just posted this to let off steam like they had no intention of being found out by Mr. Yang. They just wanted to let out their trauma and frustrations. It's honestly kind of, okay, it's not harmless, but you get it. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, but compared to what the CEO probably did to him or everyone else, like, what are you talking about? Exactly. You're allowed to freaking abuse people. You can't even allow other people to complain. Are you kidding me? And it's not even, it's not even a threat. It's literally just like a mocking joke, like an elementary style joke. The employee was freaked out, terrified. He's anonymous to this day, but just think of the power imbalance. So the ex-employee texts him back. I'm sorry, Mr. Yang. I didn't do this with malicious intent. I just visited WeDisc after a long time of staying away from the platform. And I randomly had the urge to write what I thought was silly and you know and it's not appropriate so i deleted it soon after and i'm just very sorry mr yang i already saw everything you don't even know how to say sorry so i'm gonna make you take responsibility for this i'll take care of you in the way that i always methodically do things you really forgot my personality huh I mean, it's just threat after threat. Like, what does he mean he's going to force him to take responsibility? What methodical process of taking care of it is he talking about? And also, you really don't know my personality or you forgot my personality. It's to imply that he's going to 
do something horrible to the ex-employee. So this employee tries to apologize once more over the messages. I'm so sorry, Mr. Yang. You better come over here and get on your knees to beg for forgiveness. I will never do anything like this again. It was so stupid. I will apologize to your colleagues as well or whoever you need me to. Do you think that I'm asking you to apologize? Like you have a choice? Never mind. I think that you think you have choices in all of this. And I guess you're just not listening. So let me be very, very frank with you. You are a person who doesn't want to take responsibility and I will feel more comfortable having no sympathy when I talk to you. Don't say sorry. From now on, I'm going to work on a plan for you. So he's threatening. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm so sorry, Mr. Chairman Yang. Please, I'm so sorry. Are you challenging me? I said I don't accept your apology and pick up my calls because now I have to get my feelings out. Fucking coward. I'll call you right back, sir. I'm so sorry I'm at work right now. So after work and after all these messages, the ex-employee slash poster visited Yang's company and was assaulted. The video in question, I mean, yeah, of course, to impersonate and mock someone online is not the right thing to do. But Mr. Yang's reaction, even his messages out of this world. Like South Korea is no stranger to workplace harassment. In fact, there's a whole lingo for it. There's a word called kapti, mm. and it means someone in power that abuses their power and is abusive. We've seen this with like the Korean air kapti heiress. Koreans said that during quarantine, when they worked from home, things were getting better and they thought maybe society was progressing to get better. But recently, they all went back to work and they said, it's so bad. Workplace harassment is making a comeback. Whether it's physical or verbal abuse or sexual harassment, it is just nonstop. So the old companies like Samsung, like these older establishments, you kind of expect it. You expect to be overworked, run to the ground, devastated, but at least you probably get paid more than most people. Now, the newer companies, it said, they run off of this Western environment. They, you know, like Kakao Talk, Naver, they all tout themselves as like Meta, mm, Google, YouTube, we're the tech world. But recently, they too have had scandals. A lot of people anonymously post about working at Kakao Talk, which is just miserable. They said it's like a dictatorship. There were multiple employees who died of a heart attack from Naver. And it's said that they died of overwork. So, I mean, I'm sure some companies are fine. But even in comparison to that, this video was shocking. It was watched by practically every single Korean citizen. The news organization, Newstapa, that we've talked about with this Howard Ferry case, Newstapa was able to find the ex-employee and get him to sit down for an anonymous interview. A lot of netizens just had a hard time comprehending, why did you even go? Why did you go? Like, you know he's violent. Why did you go? And he said, well, I have no choice. He is so scary. He said he was going to work on something for me. And knowing him, he loves revenge. He also said he had no idea that this video existed because the assault happened in 2015. He was interviewed after the video was released in 2018. Mm -hmm. He said recently he found out this video existed. He didn't know. So he didn't know that he had any power against Mr. Yang. He had to move to the countryside in South Korea and develop a completely new lifestyle. He had to leave the tech industry because you know how in America we have so many big, big metropolitan areas. So you can have tech startups in New York and SF and LA and Atlanta and Dallas. 
in Korea, the big companies are all in Seoul and they all work with each other or they all meet in the same meeting areas. They have a lot of not shared spaces, but places that everyone will frequent because mm-hmm. they work in this industry. Yeah. He was so terrified. He could not even be a tech engineer anymore, like a software engineer anymore. He gave up his whole career. It was just terrifying. I mean, he said he tried. He got a couple new jobs at a different IT places. And every time he would be drawn into meetings near the WeDisc company office, sometimes in the same building. Sometimes there would be conferences where the WeDisc team would also show up. He just couldn't do it. He also said he found out that the person who uploaded the video was an ex-employee who was told to film the video. And everyone's like, what do you mean he was told? Apparently, Mr. Yang, the CEO, ordered an employee to take the video of the assault. This is so bizarre. This guy is so cocky and so brazen that he wanted someone to record him being the scum of the earth. He said it is a souvenir. If other employees want to act up or post about him or mock him online, he's going to send them this video to show them that's what's going to happen to you then. Wow. This guy was so cocky, he felt he was so untouchable that he ordered someone to take this video of him. Most people would be like, don't take a video of me doing this horrendous thing. I'm trying to hide this from the world. He's like, no, I'm trying to show the world. Wow, he really thinks he's like the king of Korea. Yeah. The ex-employee also said, you know, I personally understand the situation. I, I think a lot of people online were confused about how there could be so many employees that just sit and watch. But I get it. When you work there, you're not allowed to go up against Yang. You are only allowed to obey him. So because of the company culture, I don't think that anyone could have even stopped him from what he did. So I'm not mad at them. There's even a Korean website called Job Planet. It's a bit like Glassdoor. It's a Yelp for businesses, for verified employees to anonymously write about their experience working at these companies. Mm. WeDisc is rated 1.8 out of 5, with only 4% of employees recommending WeDisc to other applicants. Many employees wrote, if you're willing to do anything for your boss, come here. Yeah. This is basically a porn website management company. A company that's very similar to the army. If you've never been to the army, this is the closest you will get. Other employees talked about how it's nearly impossible to survive in the company if you're a woman or if you don't like smoking, bullying, and drinking every night. Oh, and they stated WeDisc will track your IP addresses when you're off work to micromanage your life to make sure you never betray the company. Many people accuse the company of stooping down to any level, willing to do anything. Many former employees accused WeDisc of corroding Korea society. They brought up the illegal revenge videos, the spy cam videos that are posted on there, but nothing was being done. Side note, many employees did state that they felt really bad for their hand in the spreading of all these illegal videos. One of them stated, at the time I didn't have guilt, but now I realize what I did was very bad. Maybe I even ruined someone's life. What we did was wrong. Okay, do I think that it absolves them of wrongdoing? No, Okay, it's confusing because in their own right, they are victims of workplace violence and harassment, and I can see how hard that is. But also, many of them stayed with the promise of money even after they realized what kind of videos that they were working on. Now, I don't know what it was. Maybe once you enter WeDisc, you're told if you quit for whatever reason, even if you give a really good excuse, I will make your life miserable. I will find you, hunt you down, and kill your family members. I don't know what they were told. I don't know why they didn't leave. But it is, um, yeah. 
There are a lot of victims to this case, so I can't say that I feel the utmost sympathy for these victims versus the ones that were the subjects of the videos. I feel like if the business model was different or if they weren't doing anything illegal or heinous, I would have nothing but sympathy for these employees who are just trying to feed their families, you know? But this, this feels a bit different, you know? Where do you stand on this topic? I'd love to know your thoughts, but also... The professor in the beginning of this story that was assaulted by the CEO in the room, right? Mm -hmm. Well, he didn't just move on after being beaten. He was still harassed by Yang nonstop. He was being left threatening calls saying things like, I'm going to give you one month, so go on alive yourself. Yeah. Mm. He was egging him on. He would say things like, he would leave voicemails. Are you driving to the school right now? You should drive into the Han River instead. Eventually, Yang got bored and moved on, but when those terrifying calls stopped, the professor still had to deal with a cervical spine sprain, multiple fractures, TMJ disorder, headaches, migraines, vertigo, and severe PTSD because of his beating. He had to go to a psychiatrist, he lost his job as a professor, he couldn't even finish the book that he was in the middle of writing. So finally, November 7th of 2018, the emperor of the spy cams was arrested. And here's the frustrating part. Apparently, he knew that the cops were going to raid WeDisc three days before they did. How? Ex-employees allege that Yang had bribed a ton of the high officials, including prosecutors in Seoul. They stated that one time, a prosecutor straight up came into the meeting with them and coached them on what to say. Imagine a prosecutor comes in and is like, hey, I'm about to arrest the shit out of you guys. So here's what I think you should say so that we can go easy on you. That is insane. They had three full days. Can you imagine how much footage evidence was destroyed in three days? See, this is the thing. And this happens everywhere in the U.S. as well. The police won't do anything until they are forced by the public. Mm. Until the public is, hey, either it's that guy's head on a stick or we're going to put your head on a stick. Mm. You pick. Then the police are like, well, don't take my head. Let's go after him. You're right. And you're like, are you serious right now? Wow. So that video went viral and it was all the backlash that caused the prosecutors to have to investigate WeDisc because it was leading into who even is the CEO and then to wait, what even is WeDisc? And then people being like, oh, you don't know WeDisc? All they do is post revenge videos. Yeah. So he was arrested for charges related to assault, harassment, abuse, drugs. He hired the best attorney money could buy. He admitted to the things that he was caught on video doing. So the chickens and the slapping of the employee. But he gave very thought out excuses to all of that. He's like, well, he was just a very passionate man, you know. I'm just protecting my other co-workers from my ex-employee. Meanwhile, he denied anything that didn't have concrete evidence attached to it. And he also apologized, but it was very verbatim. He said, I know I did wrong, so I'm sorry. I don't know who he's apologizing to. It doesn't seem like he ever addressed or apologized to the victims of the revenge videos or the spy cam videos. The biggest victims in this case. He was sentenced to seven years in prison, which he immediately appealed. And in his second trial in 2020, the judge lowered his sentence from seven years to five years. He was forced to pay a $20,000 fine. He did have multiple trials, though. Um, One of them was for the harassment. One of them was for the illegal uploading of videos. That one, he was sentenced to five years. All in all, with his appeals, he was sentenced to a whopping total of 12 years in prison. 
And all I have to say is, and this is a sentiment that is shared with a lot of people in South Korea against spy cam and revenge videos, I don't think that this is going to teach him a lesson. No. And society teaches women to feel ashamed when a man does something wrong against them, but they never teach that man to respect women. I don't think 12 years and a $20 fine, basically, is going to teach Yang to respect women. The penalty of these crimes should match the trauma that the victims will have to carry for the rest of their lives. In lots of countries, speaking of, women cannot even use the restroom in peace. I saw people commenting to talk about this because we were recently in Korea, but... The spy cam videos that we talked about in today in connection with WeDisc, a lot of those videos were indeed motel footage that was illegally taken. But even in public bathrooms and subway stations, nothing is safe anymore for anyone, for women, for children, for men. If you go into a woman's bathroom in Korea, it is very common to see, you know, like if you go to like the older areas, you see some holes in the wall or cracks in the stone. Women will stuff those areas, those holes with wet tissue or draw over with marker. There will be some signs outside of subway station bathrooms that say that this bathroom is being monitored by a team of the police that are dedicated to detecting hidden cameras. Women can quite literally not even shit in peace. Male colleagues have been caught in South Korea hiding secret cameras in the female colleagues' bathrooms. A famous news anchor in South Korea was caught taking upskirt pictures in the subway of girls. A famous news anchor. He was going up the stairs and his whole phone was filled with upskirt shots. There are literal companies now in South Korea that you can hire that will come out to check that given area for hidden cameras. Obviously, that's a luxury for most people that most people cannot afford and would not even be feasible on a day-to-day basis because, okay, fine, you go to a hotel and then what? You just have to hire people to pay a bunch of money to look for cameras? It's crazy. It's primarily right now being used for government activities. But it's insane that there's a market for it. They've found waterproof cameras in shower heads, outlets that have hidden cameras, cameras in clothing hangers, in changing rooms. And a lot of these are Wi-Fi. So this person installs it. They never have to go back for it. They get the live feed. And these live feeds are being channeled into these platforms, illegal platforms, that creepy, disgusting people will pay anywhere in the ballpark of $50 a month to watch all these live streams. Cameras will be hidden in teddy bears, lotion bottles at hotels. It looks like a bottle of lotion and you put lotion in there, but at the bottom, it's a camera. And it's part of the design. You would never see it. Screws on the wall, picture frames. You can buy sunglass cameras, hat cameras like the baseball caps that have a camera, car keys cameras, water bottles, and these camera feeds get live streamed. And the main target is unfortunately women. And what do the police do? Not much. In 2019, almost half of sexual digital crime cases were dropped by the police in South Korea. To many police officers, not all police, but to many, this is just something that happens because men can't control themselves. These police officers basically just accept the fact that some men out there are gross and they expect the rest of the world, aka women, to just kind of live with the consequences of that. So women are told to wear masks into public restrooms because it helps keep your identity hidden in case there is a hidden camera that is posted online of you, of you peeing. Yeah. 
But I do think that times are changing. Um, in Korea, there have been organized marches of not just women showing up, but a lot of men showing up to march with signs that read, my life is not your porn. Enough backlash has gotten the government to create entities that are tasked with ridding public places like hotels, motels, bathrooms of these cameras. And a lot more men are standing up to other men online to let them know, hey, this video is not acceptable, which is really great. But it doesn't change what's still going on. Okay, so this is from an interview and not me finding revenge videos and watching them, but an interview of a guy watching revenge videos. He said the comments would read things like, sorry to the girl, but thanks for uploading this. Love it. They said in revenge videos, a lot of the comments will joke actively about how this girl is fucked now, like her life is over now. And they will still continue to show this video. So these people- That is so sad because- Guys are never the victim in this scenario, yeah. right? The other guy, even if they see the face, yeah. they don't think that guy is fucked. No. They only think the girl is fucked. Yeah, it doesn't even make sense. I think we should start shaming victims of all crime then. Just so maybe people will start being like, okay, yeah, why do we shame victims of sexual crime? Because that's crazy. Like, if you got mugged on the street, should I start shaming you? That's insane. Should I be like, well, your life is fucked now, so yeah. <laughs> LOL. Thanks for uploading the video. There is a recent case, and this is not just happening in South Korea. There is a recent scandal between reality stars where the boyfriend secretly recorded doing the deed with his other reality star famous girlfriend in their house while they were dating. So these are two stars. They break up. He posts this video to promote his new OF account. He was sent to prison because she found out she didn't know this video was created. She didn't know he was going to upload it. It's a revenge video. There's a whole Daily Mail article about how... The Daily Mail, never a great source, but the fact that they dedicated paragraphs to how sad this man was, how he was so shaken up that he was being sent to prison and how it's a very rough time for him. And it's literally what? Like, I have no idea who these people are. I have no idea if they're good people in other aspects of their life or if they've done other bad things, but none of that matters. Wait, so he secretly recorded a video. And then posted it. And posted it. And try to make money out of it. And now he's and like... he was so sad. He's like, I'm heartbroken. My family is oh ruined. Oh my God, dude. And the Daily Mail is posting it like, he's heartbroken. Look at him. Let's give him a couple paragraphs to talk about his feelings. So again, I don't know if these are horrible people, but none of it matters because in this particular case, it's a revenge video. It's illegal. He belongs in prison. He was wrong. She is a victim of this. But some of the comments read, the video is pretty decent, to be honest. Another one read, he made a mistake and it's going to cost him dear time. People move on. Stop demonizing him. Let the first person without sin cast the first stone. Will people finally be happy if he ends his life in jail? So much sympathy for what? (laughs) For what? Some people just commented, she's milking it now. He's a vile creature and deserved everything he got, but like, come on. Sorry, but enough already. If this poor girl is as traumatized as she says, why keep bringing it up? Get therapy, move on, and stop trying to get in the papers. Ugh, I can see she's making the most out of this publicity. I was genuinely shocked. I didn't, I really, I mean, it's the Daily Mail, but I did not expect the comments to be like that. And to me, that just reaffirms why revenge videos still exist and why they aren't going away, and why they're going to become an even bigger problem. I feel like we just do not value a woman's trauma. And that is where I will leave you with today's case and story. 
What are your thoughts? What are the most shocking aspects of this case? The company's culture? The actual company's crimes? And do you think Mr. Yang is just going to quietly come out and be a tech guru again? Like, is he just going to wreak more havoc and yeah. menace to women and employees everywhere? Oh, yeah. With $200 million? Yeah. I don't think he will stop. Yeah. <sighs> Please stay safe. And I will see you guys on Wednesday for the main episode. Bye.